Transcripts and recordings of the podcast may not be used for any purpose without the direct written permission of the podcast owner. Welcome to Light It Up, a podcast about resilient women balancing motherhood, their careers, personal lives, and all of the challenges that come along with being a superwoman. Each week, you'll be motivated to take action to lead, inspire, transform, and empower. Now, here's your host, Dr. Regina Mashira. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Light It Up. I am your host, Dr. Ajina Mashira, and I have Miss Carol Ben Davies back with me again. She was here last week, and we were so engaged in some deep conversation <laughs> <laughs> that I just I wanted to make sure that I brought her back the following week so that you all can really um, hear some tips that she has as we are navigating this college application process. You know, it's college application season. Parents are crazy. Seniors are just stressing out. We're all stressed out. And I want to help you because I need help too. So Um, one thing that I, that I want to do that I did not do last week when we talked, Carol, and please accept my apologies. I like to let people know that the folks that I have on my podcast know what they're talking about. So <laughs> I didn't tell the folks where you're from. I didn't tell them where you got your degrees from. They know that you work in higher ed, but you did complete your undergraduate work um, in North Carolina at Chapel Hill, right? Yes, Mm ma'am. Yes. But you came to Chicago. I did. Your master. City. City. (laughs) (laughs) At Loyola University. Yes. So you do have a little bit of connection to my hometown. Oh, I love Chicago. (laughs) I don't like the cold. I do not like the cold, but it is a, a beautiful city. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed my time there. And my sister actually was um, in residency in Chicago. Oh, wonderful. So when I moved to Indiana, she actually was at University of Chicago at the Children's Hospital. So I got to, it was funny, before I had kids, I was like, oh, I'm too busy to come visit you. Oh, I'm so sorry. I have programs. And then I have my nephew. And I'm just like, every weekend, (laughs) every weekend I was in Chicago. So well, yes, Chicago is always, I, I'm just going to say, I'm a native, been here forever, for 44 yeah. years. Um, yeah. One day I may move away, but I'm pretty sure that if I do move away, I am going to come back because there's no place like Chicago. I just, I'm a little over the winters. So just like that. <laughs> but I'm glad that you agreed to come back. Um because we were talking about so many things uh, last week. We touched on so many different topics. Mm-hmm. And um, the most important, I think, is the fact that as parents, mm-hmm. we often focus on preparing our children to get into college, whether it's Um, signing them up for all of these activities so that they could be well-rounded students, whether we're spending money on the ACT or the SAT prep, 
making sure that they're on a certain track, whether it's an IB program, AP classes, what have you. Right. And there's so much pressure. I'm going to yes. say that. Right? Yeah. So yeah. Make sure that your child is accepted to whether it's the top ranked school, whether it's in top ranked HBCU or PWI, that somewhere along the lines, we don't focus in on making sure that when they enter those doors, when they walk on that college campus, that they have the tools needed not to survive, but to thrive. Thrive. Well, that's where you come from, right? Yes, yes, yes. And, and I think it's so easy. And, and that's why I have this level of empathy. Um, because when we talk about college and we talk about preparing our kids, you know, even I mentioned yet, you know, the other day, my kids are young, but right. we are doing everything in the, you know, in the mindset of how is this going to help them for later in life? Right. And if I didn't have the information and knowledge that I did, I would stop at stressing about, okay, why, why aren't these all A's, baby? You know, mm-hmm. you're in first grade, you know, you know, we have this expectation, especially if you, you know, you have parents who have high expectations for you, set the bar really high. Um, we can tend to be hard on our kids and ourselves if those grades aren't solid grades, because we know that those grades matter even in the kindergarten, middle school, high school, Um, but we can't get lost in that. And I'm glad that I have this insight because the the other factors that matter um, for their long-term success is what what I am preparing my kids for. Mm -hmm. So that we talked about um, failing and, you know, pushing through frustrations Mm -hmm. those things you don't really pay a lot of attention to you don't put a lot of focus on it Mm -hmm. we put a lot of pressure on our kids to like what we I'm a strengths-based coach and we do this one activity let's say we have an um a a report card Mm -hmm. report card is full of you know a lot of a's sprinkles of c's sprinkles of d's Mm -hmm. What grade are you going to be looking at and asking your child about? Now, Carol, you know. I'm setting you up. What, what grade are you going to I ask them about? Know, I want to know. Why do you have a D in that class? Why, Why are we not asking? <laughs> tell me about those A's. Yeah. Let's talk about those A's. Let's congratulate you on those A's. And I have to catch myself again. It, it's, a, it's hard work. We have to be intentional. <laughs> My daughter brought her grades home. And um, even even with the little points, you know, they can get a hundred points. Very tempting to be like, why didn't you get a hundred points today? <laughs> right, yeah. that high level of excellence, right? Mm-hmm. But you have to step back and, and and congratulate them on the effort that they did have and they did take to earn those grades. Because when you don't have those grades to fall back on, it's really easy to feel horrible about yourself, to feel that your sense of identity is lost because, oh my God, look at that grade. Who am I? Mm -hmm. Especially for these students that have earned really solid grades throughout high school. To go onto a college campus and for the first time to be 
uh, faced with grades that are less than what they wanted, less, less than what they know their parents want. My initials are CBD. Mm. My parents told me, <laughs> only CB and Ds I want to see on your report card are the ones in your name. That's you right. know, that's, yeah. and, and you know, for much of high school, yeah, that was great. When I got to college, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> not so much. It was sprinkled in there quite a bit. Um, yeah. So you can't focus on that. You know, you have to let them understand that they are more than their grades. Right. That's so what you're doing. Something that just- More than their grades. Right. And something that just um, occurred to me as well, when you get on the college campus, and I don't think that we necessarily um, prepare our children for this either, but when, when they get on the college campus, they're no longer like the only <laughs> one who's, who's smart, right? Yeah. They have- hundreds of other students who are coming from all across the country yes. who got A's and B's, you know, yes. were top yes. rank in their class. So yes. even that adjustment yes. with realizing that there are other people who are just as smart, you know, and talented yeah. as you are. Yeah. yeah. I think that's yeah. something that we also. Absolutely. I mean, with the, the term imposter syndrome has become much more popular you know, over the last couple of years, but it, it has always been around. Yeah. You know, you, you, again, you have to put yourself in that mindset. You are the one who's always been in the school papers. Mm-hmm. You're the one who's always getting the awards at the end of the year. Everyone knows you, right? Mm-hmm. And that sense of, of loss of identity, it happens to all of us, right? You think oh. about when you um, start dating somebody right and then you you get you might get married to that person right um and then you might have children each step of those phases your identity shifts right you're no longer the single one you're in a relationship now it's you and that person Mm -hmm. then it's you and that person oh y'all are a couple you're married then you become you don't even have it i didn't even have a name some people don't know my name they know me by my daughter's names Mm -hmm. (laughs) right oh that's so-and-so's mom right? Um, Your sense of identity, and you have to work through that. You have to work through that. And that's the same for our students. And so we need to think about this life preparation, which is what I focus on, Mm -hmm. so that they can be better equipped to understand this is part of transition. This typically happens during, you know, when we transition to a new phase in our life. And what got you there was great. Right. But we're going to need a little bit more. Right. And that was the challenge that I noticed with students that I've worked with is that we focus so much on, okay, we got into college, we got, we did it, we ticked off that, that goal. Okay, what's the next? And yes, graduation is the next, but we aren't as hands-on, as thoughtful, as strategic mm-hmm. as we might have been in pre- previous times in that child's life. Um, we think, oh, the, the university is going to take care of them. I was in the library once and I heard this this mother saying, oh, my child has issues with this that, and the other, but the university will take care of them when they get there. And I'm think, I'm sitting there like, we need to be, a, this needs to be a partnership. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. It can't just be the university is going to be there to ca- be the catch-all. Right. Because you know, you know your child, you know what resources they need and you would be, you would help them to better um, reach their goals if you work in tandem in filling those gaps, right? 
uh, it's really hard to come on a college campus when there's all these activities and my child is shy. Right. You know, what are some things you can do to encourage them to make friends? Don't stay in your room. Isolation, we, we've experienced it with the, the pandemic. It's not a good thing. Right. right. Um, and you need encouraging them. Hey, step out your comfort zone. Go out. Go make friends. And if they're too friendly, step it back. You can't go to every party. You can't. You can't be in everybody's uh-huh. face. You got work to do. So encouraging them, like, look, this is this. I know who you are, and I know you're gonna need, you know, some coaching to to make sure that you don't fall through the cracks and you don't um, get too overwhelmed with the realities of of what you'll experience when you get to college. So you mentioned. Um you mentioned earlier about using like a strengths-based model mm-hmm. for yeah. students. Yeah. What does, how do you, I guess, how do you start that process with, with students? You know, sometimes I'm just thinking about my own teenagers and yeah. it developing a relationship with someone to, to begin to like feel comfortable with opening up what approach do you take when you are working with new clients just to get so so what i want to encourage um parents to do if there is an assessment there is a process to understanding fully what their strengths are but you can do what we call spot uh, strength spotting okay you can spot the strengths that your child has Mm -hmm. and see what can you do to help them leverage that and Gallup has identified 34 areas of talent that an individual has based on research that they did over some time. Dr. Don Clifton is the inventor of the Clifton Strengths Assessment. He is the father of strengths-based psychology, mm-hmm. received citations from the American Psychological Association. Um, so he studied, you know, he, his question was, what would happen if we focus on what is right with people instead of fixating on what's wrong, right? Oh and we, I love it because we so often are looking at what is that weakness? You have all these great assets about you, but we're gonna focus and look at, well, why aren't you doing this this way? Instead of saying you do things this way because of who you are, let's elevate that. Let's look at that. So what are some things that you've noticed about your child that you can use to their benefit? For instance, um, competition is one of the strengths. I have very low competition. On a scale of one to 34, competition for me is number 34, <laughs> which means that I am not motivated by, oh, let's get this, you know, I'm gonna beat you. And, you know, what did you get? Oh, I got that, you know, or racing, being in the car and trying to be the, I, I, I'm like, no, my husband has very high competition and, you know, he wants to play games and I'm just, I'm no fun. Cause I'm just like, I don't care. You know, it's not that big a deal, right. but someone with competition, that's everything. And I noticed that my kid, my, my first grader, she has competition. So what do we do? We compete. Oh, who can, who can get up the stairs faster? You know, after I say, go, let's go upstairs. It's time to go to bed. It's time to go to bed. Nothing. Okay. Who can get up the stairs faster? You or me? Boom. You know, she's off. Mm-hmm. That little piece of using that strength, that desire that they have to, you know, be first place and, and helping them to reach their goal, which is you need to sleep. Right. <laughs> you need to rest, get in the bed and making it fun. Right. Or someone who has um, this, this uh, a level of empathy, which is one of my strengths, mm-hmm. you know, th- looking at, okay, wow, 
you have you you you're really empathetic you can really put yourself in other people's shoes what are some career paths that might allow you to do that and thrive mm -hmm. and it doesn't always have to be nursing people everyone mm -hmm. is always like oh you're so nice you should be a nurse my mom said that because she's a nurse mm -hmm. i'm like mom i cry at <laughs> you know easily and when people are in pain i literally feel it right right um th there's so many different so it's it's like looking at what is it about and i've, I've always the, the the strengths i have my mother can tell you how she saw those in me very young mm -hmm. and how can you use that to boost that child's self-esteem help them understand that um the things that come easy and naturally to them is something to be appreciated celebrated and enhanced um so that they can in, in all areas of their life use that to their benefit and so when i'm working with with uh, clients it's first having them talk to me about you know what are the things they like what are the things they're naturally drawn to you know when time when you're doing something when does time escaping you um just asking some of those questions and and parents having that opportunity to help answer those questions and then giving them the assessment and seeing how the answers, you know, match. Um, and that's my last institution was a strengths-based campus, which meant that every student that came onto the campus took this assessment. And that's when I fell in love with it because I realized there were so many students who would take the assessment, but they didn't look at it. Mm. You know, uh, Jim Quick, he he uh, he's a brain. Um, expert strategist to the he helps people um with celebrities learn their scripts really fast read fast maximize their brain capacity he says you know sometimes your the self-help becomes shelf help yeah <laughs> right you take it oh that's great you put it on the shelf and put it away right. but you don't you don't apply right. it and i've noticed that when the students would come into my office and we would i would have a conversation with them with do you know what your strengths are? Have you taken senior assessment? No, no, you know, no, no, not at all. And I would print it out for them and ask them to highlight what resonates. Mm -hmm. And when we're able to coach what they shared about what they wanted to do and what their passions and likes are versus what their major and career path is, mm -hmm. there's often that disconnect. Yeah. Very big disconnect. And for several of the students that I talked to when they were seniors, they were like, man, I wish I had seen this when I was a freshman. This would have helped me so much. And then the freshmen are like, oh, man, I wish I'd seen this when I was in high school. <laughs> you know, it almost sounds like as I'm listening to you talk about that, that model that was used on your previous campus, the first thing that came to my mind is where the um, academic advisors Yes. And career services should work in tandem with yeah. students yeah. to help them, you know, with that yeah. development and to yes. channel in on that. Yes. When they hit campus, whether it's during orientation, although that's uh, information overload when you're on campus for orientation. Too much information. Too much information. They, they don't know how, they don't know the context of why those services are needed. Exactly. Exactly. But you know, it, it would be great if more institutions would utilize that type of assessment, but not so much so where you're just giving uh, the students the results, but yeah. actually, you know, during an advising session or yes. some type of special. And, and, that, and that's what I loved about my last institution. They actually got an award from Gallup for the mm -hmm. work that they're doing to be very intentional about supporting students in their, um, their development. 
-hmm. And what happens is that that collaboration, all the administrators have access to a student's um, strengths. And so they can talk to them and coach them um, based on their strengths. There are several administrators who were um, uh, trained, like I was, in administering the assessment, doing trainings and workshops. Um, several will incorporate them into their, their coursework. Um, so it's when there's an institution that is able to do that, that's wonderful, but they're not that many. I think it might be maybe 600 campuses across the country that are what we call strengths-based campuses where there's fully in, infused, where um, you know all it, students take it, administrators and staff take it, administrators and faculty rather. Um, but that's why uh, working with someone externally is a benefit. So not only am I certified in the Clifton Strengths Assessment, um, I'm also certified in the Strong Interest Inventory Assessment. And so when you mentioned the academic and the, the um, you know, the, the strengths coming together, academic advisor and the career coach coming together, the conversations that, that occurs on college campuses around helping students to identify their why, identify what they're good at, where their interests lie, um, those conversations from the students I spoke with, many of them said they could have they, that they could have happened earlier. And there are some high schools um, that that have some of these conversations and have students take various assessments, like the Myers Briggs type inventory. Maybe DISC is one that individuals may be familiar with. Um, the Enneagram, you know, these various assessments are really great because what often happens is there's so much external focus as we're preparing for college and life, right? Um, and not a lot of opportunities for students to do that introspective, personal. Um, self-reflection that can help them get to, well, why do I want to go to this institution? Why do I want to major in this, this, why do I want to major in this major? Why do I want to go down this career path? Why am I interested in this area? You know, taking the time, because we, we don't really give ourselves a lot of that time. Yeah. Um, and the, the earlier we can start incorporating that into students' lives, the more it becomes a lifelong practice, where I'm in spaces where adults are always thinking about self-development, personal development, um, and, and, and that enriches their, their life in, in all the areas that they're working to um, improve upon. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it's important, I think, that we start to talk to our children about that personal and self-development and leadership development, all those things. I mean, the things that you do at your job, your students can be doing it. And I love when I talk to parents who are familiar with the assessment mm -hmm. and they may not have thought about what would this look like if my child were to take it. Right. They get a lot of value out of it. A lot of folks are just like, this assessment was eerily accurate. This is yeah. crazy how accurate it is, right? Imagine being younger right. and being able to tap into your strength. How, how much more... Mm -hmm. uh, fulfilled in life would you be? We, we can give that to our kids at an earlier age. We don't have to wait until we're 45, 50. Right. Like, oh, <laughs> found my purpose in life. Like, right. no, no, we could help guide the students to um, those areas that have they've always been drawn to. I have, yeah. I have always been drawn to issues of diversity and student mm -hmm. development. I didn't know what that was. I didn't know the name of it. But when I was very young, PBS was my friend, Mr. Mm -hmm. Rogers, mm -hmm. uh, you know, eyes in the prize. Those things were so impactful to me and they drove a lot of my, my thought process, my values. So when, you know, 
you kind of look at my my career path, it's like, wow, you were do my mom told told a story of my wedding. Mm-hmm. You were doing that back then. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it just just helping them to connect the dots a lot faster. Right. And and even with I'm thinking about one of my children, one of the twins who said for I don't know, a good year, she was saying she wanted to be a doctor. Mm-hmm. And I didn't say anything, you know, I was not going to discourage her yeah. because I remember a few years ago, she said she wanted to be a teacher. She may have been in middle school. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I oversee licensure programs, um, educator licensure programs at my institution. And I said to her, I said, have you thought about whether or not you would eventually go into administration? Because for me, that's a natural progression. You teach for so many years and then you transition to administration. She took that to mean that I didn't think that she should be a teacher. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I said, no, that's not what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm just asking. I said, you know, I've taught taught on the college campus. I said, but I'm also, I'm, I'm in administration now. So fast forward. Now my thought process was that "Mm, I can't really see my daughter being a doctor because she's kind of squirmish. (laughs) You know, you have to know that, you know, right. And, and I would ask her probing questions. And then I said, you know, I said, well, you do realize. and, And one thing that she said was, but I don't want to major in biology. I said, well, you don't have to make to. Yeah. Yeah. I said, that's a way to weed you out. I said, but you will, you know, have to take plenty of science courses, but you can in anything. And I had her talking to um, different doctors and then she came back and she said, you know, the, the classes and where I find most of my interest is in business and finance and money and marketing. And I was like, Oh, so what does that sound like to you? I think (laughs) I want to go into business. I want to major in in business, business administration. (laughs) Right. And she said, but you know, I want to look at some institutions that have maybe an entrepreneurship track Yes. And so her essays, and as I've been reading her essays, I am amazed at, you know, she has a very strong interest also in psychology as well, but we talked about psychology, (laughs) but I decided I was not going to make a suggestion for her because I also knew what her strengths were, what classes and what her interests seemed to be and what she was more excited about yes that's and, a key that oof, yes yeah and I've you know I've tried to say to my children you've got to do something that you're gonna enjoy you know you need to be passionate about it but you know you need to make sure you can pay your bills <laughs> <laughs> but we'll come parents <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I think that you know sometimes as as parents we will we, we are very influential on our children, yes. right? Yes. And sometimes we may not recognize um, what we say or how we say it, how that may influence our children to think totally different from where we'd like for them to kind yeah. of focus. Yeah. Their- 
process. Yeah. Yeah. What that reminds me of is when I was graduating from high school, deciding on institutions, um, my mom was like, oh, why don't you go to the community college? Mm -hmm. And immediately that imposter syndrome starts to come in. So are you saying, mommy, that you don't think I can make it at this institution? What? Oh, I was, I was offended. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, how dare she? But if I had stopped and took a couple steps back and realized who my mother is, yeah. <laughs> who is someone who's just like, I, why pay for why pay full price for something we can get it cheaper somewhere else? She right. will go out of her way to get a sale <laughs> for a couple of cents <laughs> difference because right. that store has it on sale. So I'm gonna go get it on sale, right? right. Um, if I had thought from the lens of where she was coming from, not that I couldn't do it. Not that she didn't believe in me, but that she thought it was a very cost effective mm -hmm. um, step. I would have, I wouldn't have been so offended. Right. And fast forward to when I was in my graduate classes and we're talking about the different types of institutions that exist in the US and a cohort did an entire presentation on the US community uh, college system, blew my mind. Mm -hmm. blew my mind and from that point on I became a champion of community colleges yeah. there is such a stigma there is there's such a stigma and I fell into that um I thought that one you have this idea of well only the kids who can't make it at a four-year institution are the ones that go to community college only the kids who um you know can't afford the you know, community college are the ones that go to community college, the ones who need to be close to home, who don't have the self, all these, these stigmas that are around the community college is college, right? Right. Right. Was stuck in my head. And um, it, it, it took understanding the purpose, understanding the history, understanding the benefits understanding the full breadth of what they provide and offer, understanding that there are administrators who do similar uh, job responsibilities as those who are at four-year institutions, who, professors who teach you know, at a four-year institution yeah. who also teach at the community college, like, right. oh, those classes are not at the level. What are you talking about? You know? So absolutely, when you say we have to be and I think it's more so that opening up that line of communication so they understand where you're coming from and why you're coming from that space. Mm -hmm. I think this is such a time when it's easy um, for things to be lost in translation um, mm -hmm. and for there to be a lot of contention around this idea of who I am, where am I going, what I wanna do. Um, so, so helping them to understand like where your heart is. Right. And, and for me, understanding my my mom and my dad's heart didn't really happen until I had my own kids well that's a long time that we would have to wait for our children to kind of figure <laughs> out what we're trying to it do it is but you you know you don't know what you don't know right this is true this you know you don't know what you don't know when you don't understand that that everything they did everything they do everything they say to you right. you know as frustrating as frustrating as it might be they really are coming from a good place yeah. 
right mm-hmm. you don't understand that you just frustrated especially those teen years oh my god stop talking mom like oh my god why are you nagging me oh my god then you you know you, you that's 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 where that that you it it happens very naturally mm-hmm. um it's kind of part of the process oh. um but yeah you'll have to wait a little while but they will it will come to them and they will be so grateful for that for what you've done and if so- you're a good parent if you're not a good parent i'm not talking to you <laughs> And sometimes it will come, actually, that realization will come when you least expect it. Yeah. Um, earlier this year, I mean, although we were locked down with the pandemic and the children were on um, in school remote, I, well, you know, I've kind of shared that we started our college touring process when they, when my twins were in sixth grade. So my youngest has had the benefit of going to all of these different schools and we would visit a college campus. I would arrange official tours if we were in a different city or state for vacation, just, you know, so education, I guess that that is what I am passionate about. And my children had made up in their minds. Now, initially it was, oh, I want to go to Stanford. And I was like, oh, or UCLA was the other. I took them there. Oh, wow. College, college tour. And then I kind of said to them one day, I said, well, have you all ever thought about an HBCU? Mm-hmm. Now, selfishly, it's because I am trying to live <laughs> my own children since I didn't. Are you trying to live vicariously through your children? I am. <laughs> are, you, are you wishing you had the homecoming experience? I'm really. <laughs> you really trying to wear a t-shirt? Yes. I'm mindful I of that, but I love it. Thank you. Keep, keep, yeah, this is, this is honest stuff, you know? I do. And so, and they said, hmm, you know, and I said, well, you know, we have family who have graduated from HBCU. So I started naming, you know, relatives or what have you. And then that's when we started this journey of, of going to HBCUs and they started looking into it. And then just based upon some of the experiences that they've had in the school district that we're in, where they don't see teachers who look like them. My son was a junior in high school before he had his first black teacher after we moved from one district to another. So we went to, in March of this year, I took them down to um, my sister campus, University of Illinois, Urbana. Champagne. Mm-hmm. And then I took them to Mizzou. Okay. And I said, we're going to go on these tours. And they were like, oh, the campus is nice. It's beautiful. But I didn't see one person who looked like me. Mm. And the tour guide at Mizzou, who looked like me, really wasn't open and honest to tell me about her real experience. And I know that she mm. couldn't mm. because she's a student ambassador. And that's mm-hmm. the other piece. We, we talked about this last week um, that, you know, student ambassadors, of course, are supposed to promote the, the college, but I've always singled out um, people and I, I will ask my friends, hey, you know anybody at this college campus? Can you please um, give me their phone number so that I can have my children talk to them? So they get the marketing piece and then they get hey. the deal. Hey, so then they can at run. the end of the day, these universities part of my life of forever it's a yes, business yeah and we are we are selling a product exactly and we are not going to talk about the 
what's underneath the hood exactly at all the times um and and yes i think that is an amazing strategy that more families should um should incorporate into the practice because they they students and i help train them are trained in how to answer Mm -hmm. questions that are more productive than a student you're just going to grab off the street you know there there are ways to you know talk about parking on campus without um you know that's that's honest and helpful as opposed to someone off the street who would you know it sucks you know i gotta walk you know it's like you talk about the negative but there are some positives to it and so we want to leave you with the positive where someone else may lead with the negative um and their job is to convince you that this place is where they need to be um but there are some realities that may not be stressed upon mm-hmm. um, and since i primarily work at predominantly white schools we were very mindful of especially for our um, black and brown students telling them be honest about your your opinion your, your experience like i'm not about that whole switcheroo right. <laughs> this is a huge investment of your time your money energy everything mm-hmm. um, but I will say that right now, there's so much negative (laughs) news, uh, stories um, at the predominantly white schools. Yeah. It's negative. It's negative. And um, I I totally understand. I want to see more people who look like me. Right. Yeah. Like, why not? You know, I get that. I value that. I love my people, you know? Um, So I I definitely recognize that. Uh, There are some schools that are doing some great things with initiatives. Mm -hmm. Um, University of Alabama, Roll Tide. Look into what they're doing. Oh my gosh. Amazing. I'm biased. I know the, their chief mercy officer, Dr. Mm -hmm. Christine Taylor. She is a phenomenal woman and uh, already in the short time that she's been there, um, increasing their number of students uh, uh, on their campus, diverse mm-hmm. students on their campus. Um, and it's it's all about finding that fit, right? right? I don't want to ever tell somebody, oh, you should only look at this school because of X, Y, and Z. Right. What's going to be the right fit for you? Because I have worked with students who went to some of those um, uh, highly sought after HBCUs uh, expecting a certain experience and not finding it and then transferring. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, I think all institutions uh, fall prey to the um, the marketing yeah. of the highlight reels of their um, images mm-hmm. <laughs> versus, you know, what might be the lived experience. But I think at the, at the, at the end of the day, you know, every institution has its pros and its cons. Absolutely. And you decide which one you're willing to deal with for the next four years. And I'm not going to say four, five, or six, because four six years. is the average. And that's what we want to, that's what we want to help stop. But, you know, for the next four years of that child, you know, college experience, um, hoping that it's much more of a, an opportunity where students can thrive, wherever they are. I talk mm-hmm. about black and brown excellence, no matter where. So right. I'm team HBCU, I'm team PWI. <laughs> I'm hashtag community college. I just want to see students living um, their truth, their authentic selves in places that will allow them to thrive. Yeah. And one of the things that the the point that I was going to make is that after taking 
my children on to these other campuses, although it had been established that they want to go the HBCU route. On the drive home, my son just out the clear blue sky, I'm thinking everyone is asleep. And he says, you know, I actually understand why you do what you do. Oh. He said, you want us to know that we have options. Oh, I was thinking that in my head. Yes. <laughs> and he said, you know, at first I'm like, why are you driving us down to Champaign? And why are you driving us down to uh, Columbia, Missouri? And he said, but I get it. You yes. want us to be able to see what yeah. the different options are available yeah. to us. Yeah, yeah. And after that, I was like, you know what? My work is done because- Absolutely good job. Kudos, yeah, you know, yeah. Because you, as parents, we're always trying so hard to either give our children what we didn't have or what we thought we wanted from our own parents <laughs> and mm -hmm. then becoming so frustrated when they don't get it. But yeah. their minds are also still developing. They're still developing. Oh, absolutely. Most oh, wow, there's going to be still developing. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, yeah. So some things they won't get until yeah. they're older. Or they won't get yeah. until they have children. And sometimes I do feel like I sound like my parents, something that I thought that I would never, you know, do. But I'll say things like, you're going to appreciate this when you get older. And yeah. my dad used to say that to me all the time. And it used to work my nerves. Yeah. But now I find myself yeah. saying the same thing. Yeah. So um, I, I, I want parents to know that although, you know, your focus may have been or may be on preparing your children to um, enter college and to be accepted yes. and admitted, please don't feel like it's too late to prepare them to thrive for when they are on those college campuses. One of the questions that I have for you is, you know, I know that you prepare students for college success the right yeah. way, right? The right way. Yes. What does college success look like? Whoa, you could have gave me a heads up on that question. <laughs> what? You know what? And it's funny because we use that word <clears throat> success quite a bit mm -hmm. and college success quite a bit um and I can't say that I have a specific definition of exactly what it looks like because I think it's different for everybody right yeah I think it's different for everybody um my hope when I work with students whether it was on a campus or with my clients is that they define success how they see success. Is success to you, I earned a 2.0 this semester, a 3.0 this semester, then great. Is success to you, you were able to get involved fully on the campus and get engaged and, and just feel a sense of belonging. That's great, that, that's success to me as well. Did you have a challenge that you overcame and now you're able to share that testimony with other students? Because I've seen that. Yeah. That's great. That's success. Are you the first in your family or the fifth in your family to achieve your college goals? That's success. So I think anything that's being productively, positively 
um, done mm -hmm. and the effort towards your college goals is success to me. So my hope is that I'm able to help those individuals who want to see that success, who want to um, establish those goals and would love to have some accountability and some support and some mentorship around achieving that. Because there is a, I know what success isn't, <laughs> right? I know what I don't want for students. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want them entering campus not having a strong sense of why they're there. Yeah. I don't want students entering campus and not having a strong sense of who they are, that they fall prey to the various peer pressures and negative experiences that often come from sort of losing yourself, mm -hmm. not being anchored in your values. I know what it looks like when students are too ashamed to ask for help, that they wait. We talked about this last week. They wait to the last minute to where options are no longer available or at the, the number of options are very limited because you felt too ashamed to go and ask for help. I know the impact that your mindset has on your level of success and how a mindset that is telling you that you can't do it, that you're not supposed to be there, that um, you're a failure because you failed, mm -hmm. um, that you're a huge disappointment, that you're a burden. I know what that kind of mindset can lead to in the most serious of ways. Right. And I wanna prevent that. I wanna prevent that. And I'm talking specifically about suicide mm -hmm. and suicide is a preventable death. And there's so much that we are not preparing our students for that we are failing. Mm -hmm. This focus, this heavy emphasis on test scores, grades, mm -hmm. all of that, and thinking, having students think that they have done everything they, they, they need to do to be successful in college when that's just the tip of the iceberg and we don't mm -hmm. see what's below that iceberg, we have failed yeah. in not allowing them to be set up in a way that allows them to be successful and to reach their goals. Yeah. So we have a lot of work to do and that's why we need to extend the conversation mm -hmm. on not just getting in and, and, and but on you know, money management even, Yes. you know, yes, I want my child to go to this institution, but if it's not a, a financially feasible decision and you really are motivated by the fact you want to put a bumper sticker on your car to brag about your child and where they went to school, but you're setting yourself up and you're setting your child up for failure, we need to revisit our goals and yeah. what's important. So that's an excellent question. I think if I had some time to think about it, it would have been much more succinct, mm -hmm. but I, I, I know that I would love to see more students graduating um, from the institutions that they entered from freshman year, graduating from that institution as seniors in four years, that those students have been successful in taking full advantage of the resources at that institution 
in such a way that when they graduate, they are able to gain employment in jobs that allow them to thrive in life. Because mm-hmm. it's bigger than college. Right. College is just four years of the rest of our lives. Of of and for life. those individuals who choose college as a path, we need many, many more of them to, to finish. There's so many people who are so, they have tons of college credit, but no degree. Yeah. And they're not benefiting from those credits. They're having to pay the college loans back, mm-hmm. um, but they don't have a degree to show for it that would allow them to be moved up into a different income bracket. Mm-hmm. And the sense of failure that individuals feel about, I started something that I didn't finish. Like, this is, this is big, this is big stuff. Mm-hmm. So we can't continue to ignore these, what I call the common college pitfalls. Um, yeah. And, you know, as you're talking, I just cannot help but to reflect on the enormous amount of pressure that I feel parents put on their children. Yeah. It's coming from a good place though. It is coming from a good place. Coming from a good place. And and that's why I want to just share the, the different perspective because Yes, I mean, that's important. All of what you're doing, all of what the parents are doing, that is important. They need that, but they also need you to be their coach and to help them with their mindset and to help them with money management and to help them with, um, you know, how to, how to navigate um, their mind yeah. and other people and relate. We didn't even get into relationships. Oh, we didn't even talk about relationships. I mean, there's so thing. much. There's so <laughs> yes, it's <that's> another. <laughs> you can bring somebody else on to talk about that, but my goodness, I mean, there's so much to this yeah. that we we forget about. You know what happens if, let's say, parents have been very strict with their with their child and they couldn't go out. You know, and um, had curfew and all of that. There's no curfew in college. You can yeah. tell them that they're not supposed to do X, Y, and Z unless, and we have, I have seen this parents come into the office and haven't, uh, oh, goodness, goodness. Um, but you need to prepare them now for that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Them now and have those honest conversations, you know, because um, it, it's, it's all, it's all part of it. College is not just the academic piece. If it was just the academic piece, (laughs) things would be things would be gravy. But it's academic, social, emotional, physical, financial. There are all these areas that, if not attended to, can really um, negatively impact a student's experience on their campus. And so, your role is to help coach, guide the student and the parent in this case, yeah. I got to, it's, it's, it's a family affair. It's a holistic it's process. A holistic, <laughs> process. Yes. holistic yes. process. Yes. Because there, I mean, there, you've just, you've raised so many different points that, you. you know, I'm just kind of like going back in my memory bank thinking, okay, when we were looking at this school, did I tell them to look at the graduation rate or were they only focused on the acceptance rate? You know, and 
And and I, I I don't care how many people you get in. Right. And I think for the most part, because I just had this conversation the other day where one of my children said, well, this school's acceptance rate is this, but their graduation rate is, you know, is this. So love that, they're, love that they're thinking along those lines. Yeah. Because like you said, it's easy to get in. Higher education is a business. And I thank those of you who are sending your children to school. If I could just get you to, to have more of them want to become teachers, life would be great. <laughs> Let me just put that plug in. We need more teachers. Yes, we do. We really do. Um, and we definitely have to change the narrative on how people perceive the teaching profession. We this is a whole nother conversation, but the two professions that I hear often, um, people dissuading individuals to even enter. Mm -hmm. And I hate when I hear and see people saying, oh, I'm a teacher and they shouldn't enter teaching. Mm -hmm. Who, who's gonna be teaching these kids if we keep saying that? I or, or nursing, mm -hmm. oh, don't, don't do it. You know, and I'm just like, I find it very interesting that two professions that are predominantly, um, predominantly women, yeah, um, are 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 the the two professions that folks want to say they shouldn't um, join, right? But they're so essential, right? And, and yeah, and especially with teaching. They're responsible for creating all of these other folks who go into these different professions. I don't understand oh, it. Absolutely. I don't understand it. And, and it really is, I'm not trying to be political or anything like that, but there are topics that don't come up when the election season is happening mm -hmm. that need to be on the table. Yeah. This issue of college, college access, college affordability, mm -hmm. Um, and how we respect various professions that are very much needed for the type of society that we need, especially right now during the pandemic. Right. We need teachers yes. and we need healthcare um, professionals. Right. And we, we need to look at how those, those two professions are supported. Mm -hmm. um, and especially I'm very concerned about the disparities that exist in those professions mm -hmm. um, and the, the lifelong impact that that has on those who need access to <laughs> those areas. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's why to me, it's bigger than college because if we don't have the, the diversity within the teaching realm, um, if we don't have the diversity in the healthcare realm, this is why the gaps of disparities will continue yeah. to widen. Mm -hmm. So those students who say they want to be a doctor, let's make sure you know what that looks like and the long-term journey right. <laughs> to that, right? Mm -hmm. you, you can't be fickle because <laughs> it, exactly. is, it is a commitment. Exactly. Right? <laughs> um, let's make sure you, you that's what you want to do. And if that is what you want to do, let's ensure that you reach that goal. We know the classes. We know the classes in, in, in higher ed that will trip students up. Yes. Let's ensure that those students get all the support they need and not just because they're underrepresented, not just because they're first generation, but because that class is hard, mm -hmm. <laughs> it needs to be taught in a way where 
students can comprehend and be successful passing the class so that they can move on to the next prerequisite and the next and then graduate and then go on to medical school and go on to residency and then enter into the profession right but if we just say oh you know you're gonna be good with your ap you know (laughs) bio Mm -hmm. for exam score you know score and then you get into the class and you're just like oh you have that organic chemistry class and you're just like what's this right here um that's what I have a friend who's a, a, a psychiatrist and was asking about their journey. And they're like, oh yeah, I want to be a doctor, but that class, that mm-hmm. organic chemistry class, yeah. you know, how many people are out there who, you know, it's just a few classes away from the dream that they had. Right. So. Well, I definitely appreciate the work that you are doing to help students and help families. Um, it's wonderful that you have recognized your calling and that you are able to um, operate in in a realm in which you're passionate about and you're helping other people. So kudos to you. Thank you for all that you do. You're you're gonna have um, a couple of more clients soon. They have to, I know, I remember when we had our discovery call and you said- I'll never forget this. <laughs> well, I need to meet with them because I got to determine whether or not oh. I want to work with them. <laughs> it's a and this is a relationship. It's this a is relationship. a relationship. Yeah, I mean, they need to come willing. You know, I think we need to give students that respect, give mm-hmm. our kids that respect of making them, having them be part of our decision-making. Right. You know, right. They, especially at this stage, we shouldn't be telling kids, oh, you're going to do this because I told you so. Yes. Right. Because when you're not there, you ain't telling me to do it. Right. Exactly. I need you to understand that there's a thought process in yeah. making a decision that you feel is going to be in your best interest. And if they determine that it's not in their best interest, more power to them. Right. You know, I hope that we're able to connect in a way that they're like, oh, I want to work with her. Yeah. But if they yeah. don't, the things I'm going to have them do um right, right. <laughs> we, we need we need to be on the same page that we will accomplish these these various um experiences that we yeah. have to, to journey into themselves and 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 to grow so yeah I mean I think it's very important I mean, that's just a that's just a lesson for the parents mm-hmm. you know we we did it when they were little you know mm-hmm. uh, and it's funny um we were talking about the experiences that we have the students mm-hmm. do from the time that they were young very mm-hmm. quick story so they were in daycare and they were, uh, they come home with all these little in- information sheets, right? Yeah. And they came home one day and it was a sheet about this program called Soccer Shots. Mm-hmm. They come into the school and they teach the kids soccer fundamentals. And uh, if you don't remember, daycare is very expensive. Oh it's my more than mortgage. <laughs> it's a lot. And I got two. So they came home with that paper and I was just like, what and I was so indignant you know at the front desk like what you mean on top of daycare fees and it's not even after school is you taking them out of class I was like oh no no we're not gonna do that mm-hmm. and then she comes home with this other program called Crouch and Tiger which teaches mindfulness karate practices and leadership and I was like oh my yes <laughs> oh my, this sounds, this is exactly what I want for my girls, you know? 
And I, of course I signed up, right? Um, and I put them into that program and it's been a benefit to them, you know, mm -hmm. or to the one after the pandemic, the other couldn't, um, hasn't participated, but I want them to see that there are going to be opportunities that they can take advantage of. And when they have the opportunity to make a choice of whether to participate or not, that they, they think about, okay, is this going to benefit me? Right. What can I get out of this when I'm not around to make that decision for them? And so that was a great practice for you. And it's the practice that I have because my practice is very holistic, you know, mm -hmm. because what's impacting you and your kid, even your, even your youngest yeah. child, you know, I'm going on these tours right. <laughs> and I want to go to college. I want, want to be an entrepreneur. I might want to be a journeyman, you know? Right. Um, right. So it's a, it's, it's a family affair. Yeah. And so we approach it in that, that sense. So yes, but right now, you know, I'm kind of strategic, not strategic, I am strategic. Mm -hmm. The process that you're going through right now is, I don't find that very fun. I, I don't like you go to one campus. They're all, I have never been on a college campus that I have not thoroughly fell in love with. I would Ooh. tour these campuses, um, you know, during the summers when we yeah. were in admissions, you know, sister institutions yeah. and such. Oh my God, this is great. Big, small, public, private. I'm just, I am a team higher ed. Yeah. So when the students say, you know, I ask like, why did you choose this school? Uh, you know, oh, the, the campus was so beautiful. <laughs> the people I met were so nice. Somebody stopped me when I was lost and helped me find my way. If you meet me on a college campus, <laughs> I always stop and help the people who look right. lost, you know? So don't base it off of those kind of things because look, there's some students who, who met me and I'm not at the institution anymore. So I feel, you know, don't go to, because of one person, even the, the leadership, they change yes. very frequently. And the leadership impacts so much about the, the, the direction of the institution, okay. right? So you got to look at those things, you know, it's, it's so much we can go into, um, <laughs> But yes, it's, it's, it's that, that part. I'm like, when you, when you figure out where you're going, then I'm going to come in your, I was going to slide into your DVMs after I saw where they were going to go to school. Like, and now that they're going to X, <laughs> Y, and Z, would you like them to be fully prepared for yeah. that transition from high school to college? Because I can help you. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so look, I'm going on record December 1st. I think that's a Wednesday. Okay. So I'm the queen of knowing dates, days of the week, and all of that. Okay. okay. The first should be a Wednesday. I'm almost okay. certain that it is. Okay. That is the day that we are waiting for one particular, no, well, two email notifications. So it is Wednesday. <laughs> so random. Some random skill you have. Like, what in the world? America's got talent with that one. <laughs> They'll come December 2nd. Okay. Because, and I'm going to tell you, so this summer when we, when we talked about it, I knew that they were going to be working on writing their essays. I knew they had their jobs. They were taking summer school class. And I said, you know what, if I pile one more thing on them without mm -hmm. giving them the freedom yeah. to say, I mean, because they were already saying, this is what they said to me. I thought you said 
that when we enter into our senior year of high school, we didn't have to take a summer school class. And I said, I didn't say that. You know the program. The program is. So they've been taking a summer class since eighth grade graduation, which is the reason why they could actually complete. Yes, yes. You know, and um, I said, no, we did all of this just so you could start school second period as a senior and you wouldn't have to get up at the crack of dawn. It's all a sacrifice. So I knew I could not ask. I need you to take your strengths assessment so I can see where your strengths are. I okay. can guess them. I can guess them, but I need you to take it to be sure because, oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> so I just knew I could not one more thing on them because I knew I was like, mm. If, if the relationship has to be conducive where they both like each other or what yeah. happened, I know that they are, they would be very respectful and do the work, but I want them to buy into it. Yeah. I don't want them to feel forced. Yeah. No. Anything because it's going to be counterproductive. It will. So yeah. I'm hoping that, you know, once the dust settles, because right now, yes, it is a very stressful time. Yeah. Um, the stress that I didn't want to have and the reason yeah. why I was saying start early, get those yeah. applications yeah. by my unrealistic deadline. As people told me I was crazy. Yes. I am the parent who said, have your applications in by September 15th. That is me. <laughs> but you tried. I tried. And, 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 and what, what I, one of the things I'll tell you a little secret that I, when I'm working with uh, clients, mm-hmm. we need to set three goals mm-hmm. so we don't feel bad when we don't reach them. Yeah. You know, so yeah, okay. September was that 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 you know, good. That was that great goal. That you know what? I am. It, it was good, better, best. Everything that I thought was going to happen did happen, and that's why now that we're you know where we are now, they they're getting the notifications in, which is what I wanted to yeah. happen for them, so that then you can decide. Okay with whatever, however many schools you have left, which yeah. now it's only two schools. And that's wow. my, yeah, that's, that's my cool. institution. Yeah. University of Illinois at Chicago and University where, where a, a secret y'all, if, if your child goes to an institution where you're working, you can get a tuition uh, discount. So if you want to, you know, get into the field of higher education <laughs> so you can get tuition for your kids, especially if you have two of them going in at one time. Yes, but you do have, there is a price to pay though, because it's not automatic because you have to work at the institution for a certain number of years before that benefit kicks in. Yes. yes. That's another thing that I tell folks all the time, take that into consideration. But those are the two institutions that, and and they said, well, you know, the early action deadline (laughs) is November 1st. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah, can, yeah. We, can we get the application? Yeah. So, so, so are you saying that they don't sound very excited about working, uh, going to school in the campus where they might run into mommy? No. And I'm not excited <laughs> about it either, to be perfectly honest with you, because you, UIC is my alma mater. Um, and I just really, you know, they could go there for graduate school. I just don't know if I want them to go for undergrad because I am there so I yeah. do feel like they won't have the room to grow and develop the way they need to 
because if they know that I am there, yeah. then they it's will. It's not only that, it's not only that, when your colleagues and friends, there are a couple of what we call locals, yeah. <laughs> students who, 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 you know, uh, the, the, uh, the community sort of have seen them grow up. Mm -hmm. And I always felt a certain way for these kids because I don't feel like they could truly like let their hair down because somebody's going to go, somebody's going to go back and say something, you know, um, it, it works out, it works out, but I just wonder uh, about that experience and, and some places, especially if it's a big institution, you know, a lot of students will say, oh, I don't want to go there because all my high school friends are going to be there. Well, what's the size of the campus? You are not going to see them every day. Like, right. come on now. And but, that's the reason why I didn't want to go to Urbana and yeah. at UIC. And lo and behold, I still had plenty of friends from high school who were at UIC. Yeah. But, you, but you're right. I want my children to be, to feel comfortable. Now, obviously, yeah. I don't want them doing anything too crazy. But I know that if I'm on that campus and and people, my colleagues have watched them grow up because yes. I've, I've had my children on the college campus with me. As did I. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. So I want them to feel like, okay, I don't have to look over my shoulder because I might bump into, you know, someone mm -hmm. that my mom knows or, or anything like that. So I do want them to feel comfortable. I want them to grow and develop yeah. and to mature. So yeah. while they are applying, uh, to my institution yeah it is very likely that um they won't they won't go there <laughs> <laughs> and i will say i will say again this goes with knowing your child yeah. so if you know your child would benefit from having a, a ready-made village around them mm -hmm. that is something they should take into consideration too if they're going to be fine and thrive wherever they go fine but if you know, based on who they are, that they would, um, especially if they went to a really small school and they, everyone knew them and, you know, they just had that, that family mm -hmm. um, atmosphere and maybe that is part of the success. That's the other thing. We forget, like, what, what are the things that led to your success? Right. And are you doing those things continually? Because mm -hmm. sometimes we don't. We miss it. Right. Yeah. We forget it. Like it, it could have been that you had all this support around you and that's why you are successful. And then you get someplace and then you don't have that support and right. you wonder, why am I not? Like, right. have you established the same support system or a similar support system? Mm -hmm. Church, if that was something that, you know, helped and anchored you and then you get to a campus and you don't do that anymore. And then you start to wonder, well, what's missing in my life? You know, you have to think about, and, and that's a practice or, or an, act, an activity that your students can do now. Think about like, really, what is it that you feel has been that has led you to your success? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I talked to students about this. Some of them, they ran track or they were very involved in sports. When you get to a D1 school, you have to be, you know, very strong to, to, to continue um, with the, 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 the main team. But is there intramural sports that you can do? Because running made you feel good. Right. You know, fencing made you feel good. Soccer made you feel good. Basketball made you feel good. You know, it helped ease your stress. Mm -hmm. But then you get to a campus and you don't do that anymore. And you wonder, why am I not? You have to think about what are those things that added? You slept, you ate, maybe it's your mom's cooking. What mm -hmm. is it that you feel are, are part of the success that has led you 
from where that led them to where they are now mm -hmm. and think about how to ensure that that happens when you get to campus. That right there, that is free 99. If you can do that, you are setting your child up because we, the, the, a lot of the conversations I had with students, mm -hmm. the things that led them to the success, they, they have forgot. They were not using and incorporating that. Mm, okay. So that's, that's a big one. Well, that's a great tip. Um, three ninety nine, y'all. Three ninety nine. <laughs> but now we want to make sure that you take advantage of the entire package. So you need to reach out to Carol Ben Davies and set up a discovery call. Please remind the folks where they can, how they can contact you, your website, and your phone number. Absolutely. Thank you again for this conversation. Uh, I am always happy. Um, to share my passion absolutely for um, all areas of higher ed outside of admissions because it's bigger than that. That's the that's the first office in family see yeah. and they think that's it. And there are so many offices on those campuses that help to make those places run. Mm -hmm. um, so find those places. But my um, where you can find me is at my website, www.carolbendavies.com. You can find me also on Instagram, Carol Ben Davies, on Facebook, Carol Ben Davies, <laughs> um, on LinkedIn, Carol Ben Davies. I'm the only Carol Ben Davies out there. <laughs> so if you, if you Google me, you'll find a lot. I, I can't, I can't hide from the world. My name okay. is too, um, uh, too uh, unique. Uh -huh. um, and you can also text me. Um, the number is nine one nine. Eight four nine eight eight one nine. So shoot me a text and let's get on a call and just chat and see if I'm the right person to help you on this goal. If not, I have uh, extensive networks of, of uh, individuals who I'm happy to introduce you to. There's not enough people on this earth that I can serve myself um, and the service and the needs are there and they're great. Um, so if I can't help you, I'll do my best to find someone who can. Um, if you're looking and wondering about various institutions and you're looking to, um, you know, we, we talked about having people to meet and things like that. Um, I may be able to connect you with some colleagues that I know um, because that passing of the baton um, to ensure your child has someone looking out for them. We did that for students on my campus. I've been invited to many a wedding, uh, many a baby shower. Um, many of these kids are my kids before I had kids. Um, finding somebody who is going to just, you know, be there to support your child is, 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 is great. Um, and I am continuing to do that with the students that I um, coach in high school, um, mm -hmm. checking on them in this particular time is fall break. And I'm just like, hey, this is the time when things are a little stressful. Tell me how are things going, right. you know, right. and just making sure that they have um, an additional mentor um, support system. Well, I am grateful for all that you do and please continue because, you know, we connected in the Facebook uh, group, Black and Brown College Bound. And let me yeah. just tell you, I got to give a special shout out. I may not say much. I may chime in <laughs> a little bit on other people's posts, but that group has been yeah. so tremendously helpful yeah. because even though I work in higher ed, it's totally different when you're on the other side as the parent. Absolutely. So it's been yes. so incredible. Yes, yes. very, very happy to be one of the moderators. Um, the, the, pro, the focus is 
empowering parents, mm -hmm. black and brown, with the uh, level of, of information that is often missed within our community. Yeah. And my goal <laughs> is making sure that you realize, hey, you got the men, but that is not it. That's not where the journey start uh, right. stops. Right. Um, it, it's where it begins. And so having these continual conversations about fall break and when to check in and, you know, importance of self-care and mindset and being strategic about, um, you know, the opportunities on the campus. Mm -hmm. we, we need to continue those conversations. Um, and so happy to have that space. And the group is so amazing. And um, yeah, I'm happy to be part of it. It is. And I'm happy to be a part of it as well. So thank you so much, Carol, for coming back, you know, and, and, and agreeing to come back so quickly. Really appreciate that because my pleasure. We want to get this out, this information out to families while it's fresh, while we're all in the midst of this college application season. So don't forget to, you know, connect with Carol um, because she certainly has the tools and experience to help you and your child be successful on their college journey. So thank you so much for tuning in this week of Light It Up. I hope to see you here next week. Um, until next time, please remember to continue to light it up and shine bright like a diamond. Thanks for joining me this week on Light It Up. Make sure you visit my website at www.lightituppodcast.com or www.ajinamohammed.com. You can also find me on social media using the handle at Light It Up Podcast. If you like what you've heard, please be sure to hit the subscribe button so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes or you can simply tell a friend about the show. Be sure to tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. Until next time, light it up and shine bright like a diamond.